We want to speak this evening in, on the title, Are You Washed in the Blood? With the subtitle, The Self-Righteous Sinner and the Faithful Follower. The Self-Righteous Sinner and the Faithful Follower. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27, please. Beginning to read. At verse 24, the Lord Jesus has become under arrest and is being tried before Pilate. He's being tried and found not guilty by Pilate. He brings them out to the Jewish crowd and back in and out a few times. But verse 24, when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather that a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Let's pray. Father, we worship and adore you. You're our very life, Lord. You're the very breath that we take. Even in the words of the apostle, in him, in you, Lord, we live and move and have our being. You cause us to breathe. You afford us every breath of our lungs. Every beat of our hearts is because of your grace in our lives. We thank you, Lord, this evening we're here, the living, to praise you. So we worship and adore the name of Jesus. And we ask you, Father, that you would hide this man behind the cross of Christ. And Lord, that my voice would never be heard in the ears of the people you have brought under this roof tonight. Or wherever it may be online around the world. Father, we pray that tonight I would be hidden and your voice would be heard. And Christ would be exalted, lifted up and glorified. Set us all at peace, Lord, in your presence. Mantle thy spirit upon us and glorify your own name. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. Amen. Verse 24 of our reading says, Of Pilate he took water. And washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Notice what Pilate says when he examines the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. We're going to look at how the self-righteous Roman, their self-righteous Jews, And of course, we're going to look, God willing, at faithful followers of Christ. Here, the man is self-righteous, proclaiming himself innocent. He says, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Pilate that day had a multitude of Jews in uh, Jerusalem. They were crying out for the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. In fact, In our reading, notice what it says here in Matthew 27 
and verse 24, when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands. Notice that. As a tumult was made, the idea was there was going to be an uproar in the city that a great riot would break out. This was the time of Passover, and there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Judaizers or Jewish believers in the city of Jerusalem, sacrificing their little lambs at the temple, which was allegedly meant to be at the time the temple of Yahweh, Jehovah, or God. And, of course, they missed God when they missed Christ, the Lamb of God. Notice this. They're out there ready to cause a row, ready to cause a riot. Pilate can't prevail with them. And so we're told he washes his hands of Christ, proclaiming himself to be innocent. Pilate had a decision to make. Pilate had it in his power to let Jesus go because he knew he was innocent. He had a decision to make to let Jesus go or to keep him and let Barabbas go. And he knew Barabbas was guilty, yet Christ was innocent. So Pilate says, first of all, that he could release Jesus. And Jesus, he calls him, notice the words, this just person. Underline that, this just person. The word just here in the Greek New Testament means this upright man this upright person, or this innocent person, this lawful person. In other words, he didn't break any laws, especially the laws of God, for he kept the laws of God, but he did break the tradition of men that men had led upon the people. And then he's called this righteous person, this faultless person, this virtuous person, this guiltless person, It means this authentic, holy person. That's what it means when Pilate brings him out and says that he is a just person. It means that Christ is upright, innocent, lawful, righteous, faultless, virtuous, guiltless, and authentically holy. And that's how Christ was before Pilate and how Pilate found Christ at his examination. And he brings him out before a Jewish multitude and he says... I find no fault in this man. Three times, in and out, in and out, in and out. He says, I find no fault in him. If you want him dead, then you do it. See ye to it, he says to the Jewish multitude. He could release Barabbas or Jesus. Notice what it says about Barabbas. It says, Barabbas, in verse 26, then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, He delivered him to be crucified. Barabbas is called earlier in the chapter a notable prisoner. We have this just person. Now we have Barabbas, a notable prisoner. We'll look at it in a moment. Jesus the just, Barabbas the notable prisoner. Who is this Jesus? It means that his character, his nature, his essence, everything about this man that everyone could ever know or see, whether it be with the 2020 vision of the eye or even through the Spirit, we find him completely pure. We find him holy. We find him without sin. We find him who did no sin. We find Christ, the spotless, sinless Lamb of God. And he alone 
in all of humanity. He alone is without sin. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's this man too. All of us have sinned. We have broken God's law, and according to God's law, we'll stand before God on that day, unless we trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross. When Jesus shed his blood and died and cried, it is finished. It means your debts are paid in full if you make him your Lord and your Savior and trust in him that he has paid your debt and follow the Lord Jesus. Notice this. This man, Christ, the just person, he is also mentioned throughout Scripture. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. Paul calls him the righteous judge. The righteous judge. It's the exact same Greek word when it says this just person. The word, the word there for, in the Greek which means just is the same for righteous. So Paul uses the word and he says, this judge is the only one who can judge with true measure of judgment. And when he comes, or when we stand before him, he will be right in every judgment that he has on man, for every man and woman will stand before him and give an account of their life and their deeds. Did they follow him? Did they trust in him? Were they washed in the blood by faith that he shed at Calvary? Or like the Jews pronounced themselves a curse? We see a curse they pronounce upon themselves when we read our reading. Look at what it says here in our reading. Matthew chapter 27, verse 25. They answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. His blood be on us and on our children. The Jews cursed themselves. They cursed their children. They cursed their seed by saying, we will take responsibility for the rejection of this man. His death is our fault. Now, his death is the fault of sinners. But that's what they're proclaiming when they say this in Jerusalem. Notice this. Christ is the righteous judge. John calls him, in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, he calls him Jesus Christ the righteous. The same word, this just person, Jesus Christ the righteous. It's the same word they use in the Greek, only it's different in our English. An angel in heaven proclaims him in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 5. John is caught up in the spirit and God shows him a glimpse of glory, a glimpse of heaven. And this great angel cries out, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and washed and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. Notice what the angel cries to the Lord Jesus. Thou art righteous. The glimpse that Pilate got before this crowd, the glimpse that Pilate got before his soldiers, and the glimpse that Pilate got before the praetorium Jewish guard of the temple, he says, I have seen that this man, there's no fault in him. He is pure. He is holy. He is righteous. He is just. And this man needs to be released. And the crowd cries, we will not have this man to reign over us. Crucify him. Crucify him. He beats him. He whips him. He scourges him. The blood is lashing out of him. He's made a messy, bloody pulp. And he's brought out before them. And Pilate goes, 
Behold the man. It sounds nice, but what it means, the word behold gives a word of shock and awe and amazement. And he brings Christ out to the multitude and he goes, Behold the man. That's the way it reads. In other words, look at him. The specimen of humanity. He's a bloody pulp. Look at him. Is it not enough? Has he not suffered enough? Has he not done enough? His blood is dripping and streaming from him. His organs can nearly be seen hanging out of his back from the Roman flagellum whip that tore him to bits. And he says, behold him. Look at him. I will think you of Christ, brother. I will think you of Christ. We will not have this man to reign over us. Crucify him. His blood be on us and on our children. Brothers and sisters, friends, the angel in heaven cries, he's righteous. The very apostles cry it in the spirit. Notice what Peter cries on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 3. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out. Jesus has died, buried, has risen again, has ascended into heaven and sent his Holy Spirit to the church. 120 are in that little upper room and there's the sound of a mighty rushing wind and suddenly there comes like cloven tongues as of fire sitting upon the heads of the 120 as they're praying and seeking God and they're baptized in the Holy Ghost and they start speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance and as they come out they're unashamed and they're unafraid of, Christ, unafraid of the Jews for what they think of Christ and as they come out in this power of the Holy Ghost as they come out in the power of the Spirit men and women there think that they're drunk because they're, they're so joyful in the Lord, which is their strength. And Peter stands up to preach. Peter in Acts chapter 3 says to them on the day of Pentecost, but ye denied the Holy One and the just. Peter said that. But ye denied the Holy One and the just. Notice, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. But ye, you in Jerusalem, you're coming with your little lambs and your religiosity. And you're coming with all your garb. And you're coming with all the things that looks good to man. But you don't know him. Peter says, if you don't accept the true lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, and you, he says, you've denied him. Friends, we need to look at this little word denied. I want to show you, strengthen this word for a moment. It says, but ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Notice the two words. Denied, desired. Denied, desired. Peter says, you denied him, but you desired someone else. You denied him, but you desired something else. Isn't that the story of us today? Isn't that the story of our nation? Isn't that the story of our beloved Ulster? Isn't that the story of Ireland? Isn't that the story of Britain? Oh, we deny him and we desire everything but him. We desire the things of the world and we desire the things we can put down our throat and we desire the the pleasures of the world and we deny the Christ of God. Men and women haven't changed much, have we? He says, you denied the Holy One, notice, and the just, the same word, this just person. You denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer, that was Barabbas. For they said, release Barabbas unto us. 
And of course, in our reading, Matthew 27 and 26 says, Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he whipped him. He whipped him till his organs were almost coming out of his back. That's the idea of it. It gives the idea from the top of his uh, back where his neck is, right down to the very buttocks. He was just a mass of one big welt. Open. His whole skin was open. His flesh was torn off. It's the idea of this. Just now look at him. Look at him. Oh, how futile is it for man's attempts to reach God. And if we could reach God by our own means, modes, and methods, surely Christ need not go through this for us. Surely Christ need not have died. The word here, ye denied the Holy One and the just, the word denied is the word arneomai. Arneomai. Listen to what this means. To disown, to renounce, to refuse, to reject. Now I want you to get this, because this is going to be important for the next few moments as I bring you through Scripture here. He says, but ye denied the Holy One and the just, the Lord Jesus. It means to disown, to renounce, to refuse, to reject. This is what they did. He's not one of us. He's not part of us. I don't want to know him. Get rid of him. Is there a heart that says that? Even tonight? They denied him. Matthew 10 and 33. This is all Bible. Listen to what Jesus himself said. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Listen to him again in Luke chapter 12 and verse 9. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. In other words, there will be a time, whether we think it be tonight, or whether it be in another year, or ten, or whatever it may be, that we will stand before him, and when we stand before him and you know not Christ and you have denied him in this life, you have disowned him, you have renounced him, you have refused him and you have rejected Christ. He says on that day, he says, I will reject you, refuse you, renounce you, I'll disown you. I'll disown you. A powerful statement the Lord Jesus made. He made these. He says he will deny those who reject him and who deny him in front of his father or before his father. And he will also deny and reject, refuse those before the very angels of heaven. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 12. Paul tells us something. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Notice this. If we deny him. Notice If we deny him, he will also deny us. The man and the woman who denies Christ will be denied 
on that day. First John chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. You're going to get brought into a little bit more of meat and you're going to have a few of the chippings cut off here in a little moment, brothers and sisters. Believer, listen. You're going to say, really? Really? Listen to this. This is Bible. Who is a liar? But he that denieth Jesus is the Christ. Who is a liar? But he that denieth Jesus is the Christ. Or if you want it, that's the Greek word. If you want it in the Hebrew, who is a liar? But he that denieth Jesus is the Messiah. They're liars if they deny Christ as Messiah. Now I notice what it says again. He is Antichrist. Those who deny that Christ is the Messiah is of the spirit of Antichrist. Notice this. This is Bible. This isn't some country preacher saying this. Notice. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Those who say, yes, I believe in God, but I don't believe in the Son. I believe there's a God, but I don't believe in Jesus. I believe there's a God, but I believe Jesus was a prophet or a good man, but he's definitely not the very invisible God manifest in flesh. He says, you're an antichrist. The Bible says that. They're antichrist. Now, you and I need to take note of this. Verse 23. Whosoever denieth the Son, here it is, refuses, rejects him, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father. Here's what John's telling us under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. That every religious system, every man and every woman individually, every force of this earth who denies that Christ as Messiah is a liar, is the spirit of Antichrist. And those who reject him are under the same influence. And before we go any further, you think of the world religions who reject him as Messiah. You think of it. They're Antichrist. Boy. That's an eye-opener, isn't it? Oh, we think of Islam. Absolutely. We think of Jehovah's Witnesses. Absolutely. Think of Mormonism. Absolutely. What about Judaism? Think about it. That's the Bible. Not me. The word here, whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father. Jesus says that any one of us who want to come unto God, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, he says. We can't go to God except in Christ. Why are we so adamant that Christ is the one true, solely, and only way to God and to the kingdom for forgiveness? Because he said so. Because he said so. There's only one way. And it's through Christ. Notice what it says. The same is not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father. The word here acknowledgeth is a word homo lego. And it comes from two words. One is homos, which means the same, 
the same. And lego, which means to speak. In other words, Christ, the Lord Jesus, is the logos, or the, the very the word of God spoken forth, the word of God coming from himself, God of very God. And here when we put the two of them together, it gets the word homolego, and it means to say or to agree with another person. To say or to agree with another person. So let me put it like this. Jesus says, Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son, he who speaks the same as the Father proclaims. He who believes the same of the Word of God through the Spirit. He or she who comes and believes in Christ the Savior and says, you are Savior, you are Messiah, you are God. He says, you have the Father. It means to concede. There's many Christians, professing Christians, let me put it like that. There's many professing Christians and non-professing Christians need to concede to the word of God to say, I speak the same as you. You are right and I am wrong. I need you, Father. It means to declare the same thing as another. Listen, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Notice the word unjust, this just person. Unjust to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice, if we confess, if we speak the same about ourselves as God speaks the same about us. If we admit what God's word says about us is true, he says, then we can be cleansed of our sins. In other words, Jesus says, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. You don't go to the doctor if you're feeling well. You don't go to the doctor and sit down at his desk and he says, well, what, what can I do for you? He says, not a lot, doctor. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling absolutely wonderful. And you're sick? Alison thinks I do that if I go to the doctor. They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, Jesus said. In other words, those who will speak the same as the word of God, agree with the word of God, concede to the word of God, and say, I am a sinner. I realize I'm a sinner. I realize without you, I'm on a road to hell. And I realize you'll deny me before your father, and you'll deny me before the angels in heaven. If I don't have you, I don't have the father. I can't get to the father. There's no way to the father unless I have you, Jesus. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means me and that means you. But if we confess and come into line with the word of God, he's faithful and just to forgive us. This man you're listening to is a failure. In every sense of the word. I'm useless. I'm hopeless. And that's not false modesty. I'm just telling you the truth. Ask my wife. Outside of the God's word, I don't know much. But this I know. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. I'm washed in the blood. And I have the spirit of God with me. Have you? I fail him all the time. I let him down every day. I try not to. I try to live before him. I'll try and order my life right. But I fail him. But grace picks me up again. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound 
saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Brothers and sisters, we must remember that we must always speak the same as he speaks about ourselves. The word here for, that's the word denied, that he will deny us if we deny him. The word here for desired, Peter says in Acts 3 and verse 14, you desired a murderer. You desired a murderer. The word desired here is the word iteo, and it means you asked, you begged, you craved and called for a murderer. Can you imagine that? Christ is healing. He's raising the dead. He's feeding the, th- the thousands of people with fish and loaves. and He's doing the, all these wonderful miracles. He's blessing, he's helping, he's teaching, he's giving. And yet they say, not this man. How how gracious and how good does God have to be to us, brothers and sisters? Friend, how good and and how pleasant must he be to us before we turn our faces to him? Before we adore him and admire him, as he deserves. Here they're saying they desired a murderer in Barabbas. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 58. I want to show you this word for a few moments about desiring Iteo. Joseph of Arimathea, it's thought that he is our Lord's uncle or second cousin through Mary. And Joseph of Arimathea was a rich tin miner. He used to come to Britain and tin mine around the southern coast of Britain. And Joseph of Arimathea, he was a, a wealthy man, so he had respectability enough to go in before Pontius Pilate to beg the body of Jesus after Christ had given his life up. Matthew 27, verse 58 says of Joseph of Arimathea, went to Pilate and begged, notice the word begged, the body of Jesus. It's the same word for you desired a murderer. They, he begged for the body of Jesus. Pilate, you can I have the body of Jesus? Some people say, can I have the body of Jesus? He's dead now. It's not the way it was. He comes in even though this man is of high degree and respect among people. A rich man, he comes in and he says, Pilate, please. Pilate, please give me his body. I beg of you, please. Please give me his body. Please give me his body. I beg of you. Oh, that we would desire him in this life. Joseph of Arimathea. Acts chapter 3 and verse 2, the lame man at the beautiful gate never walked before. We're told he, he lay at the gate beautiful at the temple to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. It wasn't he was just going, a penny for the pauper, please, a penny for the beggar, or anything like that. No. Please, sir, please, sir, can you give me? I'm lame from my legs from a mother's womb. Can you help me, sir? I have to be carried and sat here and I can't even move until the end of the day till I'm picked up again and brought home. Please, sir, help me. Give me. That's the idea of this word. Peter and John go to pray and they say, they fasten their eyes on him and say, look at us, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took the man by the hand and he pulled him to his feet and his ankle bones grew strength and he went walking into the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. That's the idea of this word. That's the idea of it. 
Acts chapter 7. We look at a faithful follower. Acts 7 and 46 speaks of King David in the Old Testament found favor with God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. The same word. But Lord, I, I want to build you a tabernacle. Oh, great Yahweh, Jehovah, invisible God of Israel. I want, I want, I desire, and I cannot let up to build you a tabernacle for you to be with us all the time. For you to be manifest in Israel. For you to be manifest in the people. To be manifest in our nation. I have to have a dwelling place for our God. He starts laying aside, for God says you've shed blood and you can't build a tabernacle, but Solomon, your son, will. David wanted it. Is there any wonder you get the psalm being written under the inspiration of the Spirit as the heart or the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Oh, that we would be thirsty again and desire Christ. Desire his spirit. I may have to do two nights at this. Give me a few minutes, I'll wrap it up. Because this is too big a subject. We're speaking about the blood of Jesus. His blood was on them for a curse. But all who would come under his blood would be cleansed in faith. When they says, you have paid my debt, Jesus. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are preaching in the open air. And they're arrested and they're brought into the jail at Philippi. And they're put into the stocks and into the chains and they're bound. And the lights go out at night, as it were. The candle's blown out or the lamp goes out. And the place is starting to sit in darkness, maybe a smoldering ember somewhere. And they're sitting there in the inner chambers in high security. Paul and Silas start to sing praises unto God. They start to worship God in their stocks and chains. Brother, that's how you start to see the chains being moved from you. Sister, see in praise, that's where you find that God releases your spirit. That's where you'll find all the the shackles will fall off of you. My shackles are gone. My spirit is free. Oh, praise the Lord. He lifted me. They start praising God and God sends an earthquake. Rocks the whole jail. Jailhouse rock. It's rocking the whole jail. And they're rocking the jail and their, their chains fall off. And the wee Philippian jailer, he knows if they're gone... He's for the chopping block. He's panicking. It says in Acts 16 and verse 29, the Philippian jailer called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. See the words here? He called for a light. It was in the darkness. The earthquake had come. God sent an earthquake to deliver them. And brothers and sisters, see if you keep fervent in prayer and trusting in the Lord. If God has to send an earthquake to deliver you, he can do it. Whatever it takes, he can do it. And notice what it says. This little jailer, he called for our light. He thinks, 
Oh no, the prisoners have gone. These high security prisoners are under my charge. And now they're released, they're gone. Give me a light, give me a light. Someone give me a torch. Quickly, quickly, give me a light, give me a light. That's where it goes. It wasn't, ah, could I have a light please? We'll just go in here. He was panicking. And it says he called for a light and he sprang in into the jail. Looking all around him. And there he sees Paul and Silas still sitting there. Oh, such a witness and a tremendous testimony. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I shall be saved in thy house. Read this scripture, and we'll close with it as I... Round this up tonight of this just person, the blood of Christ. Acts thirteen twenty seven and verse twenty eight. Acts chapter thirteen verses twenty seven and twenty eight. Listen to what it says. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers. This is the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief priests and the elders of it. Because they knew him not. Look at that. Here's your religious men of the day. Here's their garments and their cloaks and their robes. Here they are coming out with their pomp and their ceremony. And God doesn't even acknowledge them. He didn't even know him. Because they knew him not, listen, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled in condemning him. Even without them knowing who he is, even by their own condemnation of him and sending him to the cross, They didn't realize the devil was using them. But God had already told us of it and said that this would happen in the years before in ancient Israel. They were only fulfilling God's word because he says, I know their hearts. This is who they are. This is what they'll do. This is their depravity. Now watch. He says, but I am going to bring a savior. He, Isaiah the prophet said, listen, 650 years before Christ was born in Bethlehem, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He is despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By the stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, our Yahweh, hath laid on him, the Father upon his Son, the iniquity of us all. 750 years rather before he was even born at Bethlehem. And here 
It tells us in the book of Acts after Christ's ascension, they didn't even know the voices of the prophets they said they knew. Verse 28, And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. Oh dear. They desired to see him die. They desired more blood. They desired his death. They hated him. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is still hated by many in this world. He's denied and he's rejected of men. He's still a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. But thank the Lord, the day we got saved, we turned our faces to him through his spirit. May God take his word and maybe not desire anything but Christ and never deny anything but the world. For Jesus' name's sake. Amen.